Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Walked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Nobodies. This week, my guest is a podcaster, law school student, and Scream film franchise enthusiast. He is the producer and host of the thrilling podcast Scream with Ryan C. Showers, a show dedicated to the beloved slasher film franchise whose fifth installment came out last Friday to rave reviews and monster box office numbers. Please welcome a killer somebody, Ryan C. Showers. Thank you for being here, Ryan. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> You covered me. You covered my entire life, like uh, you know, in one sentence. So whatever. I mean, that's. But it's true. You are. You kind of. You're kind of like the authority on. I mean, your podcast is called Scream. I mean, you're kind of the authority on the film, and you're actually the perfect person to have on because my co-host Annie um, is on maternity leave, and she does not like these movies or care for these movies and is alarmed at how much time and attention I put into them. So I think this is going to be a really, really fun uh, to talk to you about. Well, so can I tell you the, the, the like the key, I've never told anybody this about oh. my podcast, uh, but you kind of alluded to it and I, I just want to share. Uh, so I was struggling to figure out what I should call my podcast back when I started it um, in, in the summer. And uh, somebody, I, you know, I was floating around like with the basic, you know, screen podcast, but that's just so basic. And yeah. People wanted me to call like the Woodsboro, um, Woodsboro hmm. Chronicles or something. I didn't want to. I wanted it to have Scream in the title. Um, so uh, since the new movie was called Scream, I figured why not just call it Scream and then with with me, you know, because that's kind of, you know, Scream 1996, Scream 2022, and then you have me. So, yeah, um, I love I love that. And you know, frankly, this episode is going to be called it's going to it's going to look like Scream with Ryan Z Showers. That's what it's going to be called. So you're you're getting a little even more detention with that. But um I know before now before we start, I know that um everyone who listens to your podcast obviously knows what these movies are, but just in case my listeners don't um which I think they should because I've talked about this numerous times and how we'll get into how infuriated I was with the uh the tagline, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole other discussion. Anyway, uh, Scream is a quintessential slasher horror film that came out in 1996, directed by horror legend Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, and starred Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Nev Campbell in a classic whodunit narrative where a mass murderer named Ghostface stalks a small town community called Woodsboro, as you alluded to. Um, it has spawned now four sequels, the latest of which came out last Friday. Now, being the Scream authority, was that an okay description of? Uh, well, what I, I was like, when you put Courtney before Nev, I was like, ouch, poor Nev. The yeah. only reason why I did that is because that's how they were. I know, like I credited, and I know, but it, it is it is Nev, it is Nev's movie for sure. Um, no, I it, that is a perfect way to um, to describe the the movies, and it's so weird to me to hear you say because I feel like this is the first time I've like heard somebody say um, it spawned four sequels. Like I'm not used to, I'm so used right. to being. Four movies, not five. So it's very cool. Um, you know, so you guys, we are going to be talking about the new film, but if you, so if you haven't seen it, we will let you know when we are about to enter into spoiler territory. But before we do that, um, why do you love these movies so much, Ryan? 
I mean, what, what, why dedicate a podcast to it? You know, uh, you, you're obviously so involved with the series. Why do you love him so much? Wow. That is, uh, you know, that for such a simple question, I don't have a simple answer. <laughs> it's hard. Um, I, you know, uh, the in the new movie, uh, one of the characters describes um, Stab, you know, which is like the uh, the meta version of the the events of of the screen movies. It's like the screen movie inside the screen movie. Yeah, and she they, uh, she describes them uh, as like a, a meta slasher whodunit. And I love the the whodunit aspect. I love the the meta aspect. I love talking about movies and um, and comment and like you know that self awareness. But um, really, for me, it comes down to the characters. Uh, you know, especially um, Sydney and Gail. Like the. Uh, I, I just, I love both of them. I love their journeys. I love their personalities. Um, you know, I think they were the first like feminist icons I, I had growing up. And um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm just really invested in, um, in their, their, the entire journey of the plot and the, the character work, I think. I I know that this is not about me. That has never stopped me from talking about me before, but um, I wanted to, I wanted to say like, I, I agree with you. I think that, I love these movies um, a lot for the same for a lot of the same reasons. The classic whodunit, the trying to figure out who uh, who is the killer, and and seeing these characters uh, going to lengths and putting themselves in danger to to find it, to find the to find out you know the mystery of it is just so fun to watch. But <clears throat> it's interesting the connections that I have to this movie. One being that um, like. And again, not to get totally derailed, but Friends is like my favorite show of all time, like completely. Yep. But the whole reason why I started watching Friends is because I saw Courtney Cox and had a crush on her in the Scream movies. Nice. And so I remember watching and then I like got into and then I got into Friends and like obviously these the Scream movies have brought me a lot of joy and they're a huge source of inspiration to me. Um, I'm a I'm a screenwriter and I actually just wrote a script, a uh, pilot script called Slash basically oh. is a love letter to scream. Anyway, going back, it's like they brought me a lot of joy. It's a huge source of inspiration. But Friends, on the other hand, has brought me so much joy, brought me, you know, for their, it's great for my mental health. Like I've, you know, you know, helped curb anxiety. There's a lot of things at Friends. And so I have to be even extra grateful to the screen movies because it brought me to Friends. The other thing that I think you might enjoy, possibly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a really shot in the dark here, but um I know you have a special spot in your heart for Scream 3 and mm -hmm. Scream 3 is actually, um, funnily enough, was shot on the same soundstage that I worked at for three years um, on the show, The Talk on CBS. Oh, I'm, I'm a I'm a you know, I've worked in a lot. I've worked in a lot of talk shows before. And so it's so funny. And I didn't find that out until way later. I mean, I, you know, watched that a million times and then. It was like well into my tenure at the talk that I found out that it was the same, you know, where the stab movie was being filmed and where they shot that, which was really, really neat. Um, and then obviously I passed Jennifer Jolie's house every time I hike Runyon Canyon because it's right there and there's a trailer, like the trailer where Dewey State is there. It's just, it's weird. It's kind of funny. And then finally, um, I, as I mentioned, I worked, uh, I've worked on talk shows. So I've got, I actually got to meet Nev and I know you have met her right you've, mm -hmm. you've gotten to meet her too but i got to meet her on a on a show and it was right before she was going to film this new movie and i oh. haven't i didn't even tell anybody this but and i was like trying to like really not be such a freak but it was hard and i was just like oh you know so excited that you're doing you know a new 
a new scream and she's like yeah i'm just go about, about to go shoot it. and she was just really open she's like and i was like obviously you know i mean i didn't like pry or anything but she's just like i'm so excited and she did say that she's like the script is so good and i'm so excited to see courtney and david and so nice. it's it's just yeah it's it's well, a weird thing well i anyway all right so guys we are entering the, into spoiler territory so if you haven't seen the film you may want to turn this off until you have uh, you have been warm. So Ryan, what did you think of the new film as a whole? And I'll, we'll get into details, but I do want to think, I don't want to hear broad strokes first. Okay. Well, my broad stroke is that I think Radio Silence did a, an amazing job of balancing both um, like satisfying the requel formula for new audiences. Like this movie has been very successful with critics. Audiences really like it. Um, but also, so they they figured out like the the exact recipe to make, to bring Scream into the new uh, generation. Um, but also they've done, uh, there's so much detail and love and care for the fans in it as well. So they really pulled off a magic trick with satisfying both new and old audiences. And um, I think the movie itself really re, uh, it rejoins the original trilogy in tone, I, in my opinion. Um, it, so I, I, I liked it. I probably prefer to Scream 4 on that basis alone. Um, I do love the script and um, I think it's a really quick, rapidly paced movie. Um, and uh, I was, I, I'm, I'm very happy with it. I have a few small um, complaints, but uh, overall it's, it's, it's a great movie. What did you, <clears throat> I, I'm getting, I'm leading you into something, but what did you, what were your thoughts when you left the theater? Like right when you left the theater, what were you, what were you, what were you thinking? Um, wow. Uh, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking that, that they pulled it off. And I, I was thinking that Sid, I was thinking that Dewey, Gale, Sam and Tara were all used perfectly or at least okay. used to their full potential. I think Sydney could have used, if she had one big heroic moment in the finale that we, you know, that could have been added in, but otherwise I was very satisfied with, with the, with the other four um, lead characters. I thought they were done perfectly. And I thought radio silence did a great job uh, just making a screen movie their own. I don't think that they were trying to copy Wes Craven at all. I think that they, you know, they joined the family in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I, felt like. I think that's a really good assessment. I, I will say that I left the theater feeling, I mean, I was happy and I, and I, you know, I, I obviously just blanket. I liked the film. I did. Yeah. I really did. I think for me, I've only seen it once. I'd like to see it again. The thing is I felt the same way about Scream 4 and I also felt this way about Halloween, the new Halloween. And mm -hmm. I think just it's, I mean, I'm really like showing all my cards, but I mean, I feel very invested in some of the, in some of these movies that I feel like it's, I'm almost too close to it where I'm like, yeah. I have to step back and say, okay, really objectively. Plus I wrote this script. It was like a homage to Scream. So I was like, felt very, very wrapped up in, into this movie specifically. So I'm like, I need to take a step back and realize that like, I think at the bottom line, regardless if you loved it or you didn't like it as much or you hated it even, mm -hmm. I think that what everyone can agree on is that we got a great Scream movie. And mm -hmm. um, even if like we, we could have had something way worse. Let's just put oh, it yeah. that way. It could have been entirely too, too, like it could have been terrible, but I'll get into like more thoughts, but I just kind of felt a little bit more indifferent than I had maybe thought. But I think also that was because 
Now, I know you've seen it more than once, I believe, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it three times. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're going to have a better, I feel like once I watch it again, I'll have so much more understanding because I think I was so concerned. I tried to avoid spoilers okay. for the film. So I was like trying to figure out if the main three were going to die the whole time. I was like, so I was so concerned about that for some reason. And um, I, I just, I feel like that like overtook the entire rest of the movie for me. Gotcha. Well, can I give you like a piece of advice um, uh, please, about this? Please. Um, because you, you mentioned, um, you know, we, we screen four and I alluded to it as well. Um, but also Halloween 2018. Um, uh, so, you know, whenever I first saw scream four in theaters, I was really off put by the tone. I was like, this is not, this is not the same. And it took me, and I, I was so annoyed that like it took on this really weirdly comedic tone and like uh, it, it, different comedy than the first three, mm -hmm. um, even Scream Three, which is usually branded as the 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 step the, the redheaded stepchild because of yeah. But it's not. But it, it, Scream Three fits in with one and two way more than four does. And um, you know, I didn't like the way that it ended. I feel like Scream Four ended on such such a weird note on Bill. So face. weird. <laughs> um, but you know, once Scream Five was announced, it really allowed me to revisit Scream Four and start to appreciate it and love it for just being a standalone reunion movie. Like there's no stakes really to just think of it as a brand new series, like a first chapter in a new series, not, yeah. you know, the old series, like, you know, and I think almost like it would even help people, especially like older fans to think of this new scream as the same way. Like it's, you know, it, it's the first chapter It's chapter one. It's not chapter five. Yeah. Um, which I think with, by changing your mindset in that way, you may, be a little more open-minded to the changes that they that we right. saw in, in in scream uh in the new scream um because right. i've seen a lot of my friends react like you where they um you know they left feeling you know I, I, it was an it was adequate it was a you know it did it didn't do anything wrong per se but it, it didn't it was disappointing in a lot of ways so yeah um I think if you, I think if you approach it that way, you could end up with a much, a much satisfying. And I think you're view. so right. Cause I do feel like, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on your, on your, on the first point that you made with Dewey, Gale, Sam and Tara, especially like, I would actually say Dewey, Gale, Tara, then Sam. Um, and it's funny. There's so much hate for Sam, which I'm like, I didn't think she's like, I didn't think she was bad, but I do think, and I, and I do feel like the same way with Sydney. I think that maybe she, she was like left. There was a little bit left in her and there was a one really nitpicky part. And I want to get into your nitpickiness too, because I think this is great. I, 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 I want to go back. Sorry. With scream four. I actually really like scream four a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, and I like it now. I think, what you were saying is so was so perfectly put in the sense that it ended on such sort of a jarring note. And I just almost, especially after it was like, Oh, it didn't do well. And there's all these things like that was the last screen movie we we're going to get with the main characters, with everybody. I just thought this is it. And now that's the way we're going to end it. It would have been so much better just to end it on with three. And it's, it was almost traumatizing, like back then. Like I was thinking, like you know, I remember assuming that Scream Four would do well, and then it yes. didn't. And yes, uh, we were left with this ending where there's there's no happy ending for the trio. It ends on Jill's face, and like this is it. Like you know, but anyways. So yeah, but I so and I I went back and actually you know I watched the, all of them right before I went and saw the new one, and I really liked Scream Four, and I thought the dialogue, especially the beginning, was really good and funny. And there's a lot of different. There's a lot of parts that are very good i think um you know again sydney seems a little underutilized in that film too like it unfortunately it's it, it is a little too bad but i think that um with this new film 
you know, with her being a little bit underutilized, I do think that I was, I, I thought that I was going to be more upset that like they weren't used more, like they weren't like the focal point of this movie. But as I left, after I left the theater and tell me what you think, cause I know you love the trio too. And it's like, I felt like, oh, this is actually not, I, I'm not as upset about this. I kind of like it because the way that they toned it, especially with Sydney and Gail at the end, but when they, yeah. when they confront the killers, they're so over this shit, you know? And I think that that's so obvious and it's so realistic to me. Like they're not going to be like wrapped up in all this stuff. They're just going to get the job done and get the hell out of that town. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about that? Well, um, so, and if I could also give like, other other people another piece of advice i yes. don't mean to be like mr preacher but, absolutely um, keep preaching i love this if you accepted the way that the star wars trio is used in the force awakens then you should be able to accept this you know what i mean sure. this is like and i because i feel like that like people didn't complain about the way that the trio was used for star wars but mm -hmm. we're complaining about it now and i i get it like i understand but you know this is a part of change and we just have to embrace it um, you know, I do think we have gr new great characters uh, within Salmon and Tara. Um, so I think, you know, it's okay that the trio is used in this way. It's better this way because we got to really become intimate with Sam and Tara before yeah. the trio came in. You know what I mean? Um, For sure. And another thing about that is you're right. The way that they're, they're used, especially Gail. Like, I don't think Gail has a single wasted moment. Like any second Courtney Cox is on screen she is it's she's used to the fullest potential possible like i she's my M mvp like even yeah. over dewey and dewey gets the big moment in this movie but she delivers on the emotion and like every second she is just out of 10. the one um, the first time that the uh, just quick the first time the audience clapped in my theater was when we saw the back of <sighs> gail's head and it was like everyone was like cheering so loud and it was like crazy well, so that was cool like that was fun that's why it's fun to go watch screen movies in a theater because people that, are cheering and re reacting. And that scene is so amazing. Like that it's, that was the first, like, that was the first scene that like, I was like, oh, I, I was like, oh, wow. It feels like I'm in, I'm, I'm home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt like that, I guess, with the, the Judy sequence and uh, you know, before that, but um, that scene especially was just, it was just marvelous. And um, I, the way you mentioned it in the finale, like the way that Sydney and Gail act in the finale and, um, I do think Sydney is underutilized in the finale. Yeah. I think if she would have just had one, even just a 10 second line of dialogue where she got to really just, you know, have a, a zinger, I like, can just look like the mm -hmm. hero. I would be completely satisfied. Yes. I wouldn't be complaining, but because Gail gets a moment, Tara gets a moment, Sam gets a moment. They all get a moment except for her. But I think maybe that was intentional because she has had four heroic moments and maybe this is just part of the moving on process. Yeah. Sydney's not Sydney's supporting now. She's not a lead. That's, we have to agree with that, but we have to go with that. Um, but I will say my favorite part of the moment comes when Sydney and Gail go up against one of the killers. Yes. Um, and yes. they they tag team the killer and they pick her. Uh, I'm sorry. They, no, go <laughs> they pick him or her up and throw them over the over over a kitchen counter and Gail gets to punch them in the face. Like it's that was the, I can't stop thinking about that moment. It's just an adrenaline rush. That was that was. Yeah. And you're right. It was so good. What did you think of the like the I mean, what did you think of the reveal of the killers? Did you think that like that whole what what was your thought on that? I thought that the reveal of the killers was very interestingly done because, you know, and here's radio silence doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because this, the first four have a very similar structure in terms of, we know that the killers are going to reveal themselves at about 90 minutes. In, right. You know? 
Um, but here it happens much sooner and it, it happens out of order it happens, you know, before Cindy and Gail arrive in the finale. It's just, it's kind of wild. And I really appreciated that on ingenuity. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. And, and we, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to say both the killers revealed themselves not in costume, Yeah, which I don't know. What did you feel about that? Did you have, um, I, it, 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 I don't really have a pro or anti-costume. Some people do. I think I love the way that Roman is revealed in Scream 3. I think there the costume is perfectly done. But mm. I also think the way that Billy and Stu are revealed in Scream 1 is also perfectly done. So, but however, I don't like Jill taking off the mask in Scream 4 for some reason. Okay. Uh, so it's all like, I, you know, I, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I didn't mind it. I wish, you know, I don't, I didn't love the reveal of the second killer in, okay. in this new Scream movie as much as I did the first. The first reveal just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, you know? um, that was but, good. Yeah. That was really good. This episode of The Nobodies is brought to you by emilyroggenberg.com. Why didn't you use the sexy voice? Uh, you mean your psychopath voice? It was my psychopath voice? I definitely thought it was my sexy voice. Well, it's not, and it's appalling. But you know what's not appalling is apparel, specifically from emilyroggenberg.com. Ain't that the truth? Her hometown apparel that represents Cleveland, New York, and Los Angeles are so tight. Oh my god, we've talked about your use of the word tight. All right, well, I think her products are awesome. Okay, well, that I completely agree with. Emily Roggenberg's clothing is top of the line with unique designs and beautiful neutrals that you can wear for any occasion. You truly can wear them anywhere. The bar, the coffee shop, trips to get burritos. Trips to get burritos? Okay, whatever. Um, but yes, right now you can save 20% off your purchase when you order on emilyroggenberg.com. That's right. 20% off at emilyroggenberg.com, promo code NOBODY. Guys, I promise you will not be disappointed. Annie, I just ordered my oversized sweatshirt to keep me cozy in the cool months. I really don't love that sentence, but I really do love that you finally ordered it. Woohoo! It's the small wins. <laughs> oh my god, pushing it with that woohoo. And now back to the show. Did you did you figure as you were watching it, did you kind of figure out who the killers were or did you Look, I have a scream podcast. I have, you know, um, so, <laughs> so I, spoilers. I, you know, people and like, you know, it, people spoiled this for me. Like, you know, people oh, come okay. up, people posted, uh, you know, screenshots of like the plot on my, like in my yes, comment section, of course. Um, you know, so I, I knew who the killers were, um, but it didn't take away from the, the movie for me. It was uh, it, 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 toxic you know, fans that they talk about in the movie. That's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, I, you know, I don't think that Scream has particularly toxic fans as like, no. I don't think that the, the, I don't think Radio Silence and the screenwriters were trying to point the, point fingers at us, the Scream fans. I think they were just trying to make a point about fandoms in general. general I do yeah. think that Scream does have good fans for the most part. Um, we're pretty good. Like, I mean, the people who I interact with anyways are pretty gen good good people the only yeah. part of like there are a couple of segments of the scream fandom that are toxic like for for instance talk the talk about scream 3 i think can easily get very toxic by <laughs> closed-minded people um and that's like the worst part of the scream fandom but um you know other than that we're a pretty good fandom <laughs> i i i would agree i think that i don't feel like there's i don't feel like there's um i i definitely feel like it's so funny i went with my I went to see the movie and my friend did not like the movie at all. He oh. was like very, very pissed about it, but he doesn't like anything. He hates, <laughs> he hates everything. He hates all character development. All he wants is like brutal kills 
And so I, I'm like, that's fine. And he's like, I loved Halloween Kills. I'm like, that I was like, perfect example. You love that movie, but you don't like Scream because it has character and plot development and Halloween Kills didn't at all. But they had amazing kills, amazing, like amazingly shot everything else. But it's so, so that's that's funny. That's but, funny. But it's hard because then you have so like that was that was a problem that I had. Like hopefully you went with people that were like very open minded like yourself and going to the movie because I was like, God, this kind of puts a damper on it when someone's like, wow, that movie sucked. I hated it. Da, 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 da. Like walking out of the theater. It's like it was terrible. It was terrible. I'm like, well, you got to like take it for what it is. You know, I think that's what I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, it's not it's not a Wes Craven or Kevin Williamson scream movie. It is an homage to that. And I think, again, going back to that, it was a it was really good. But so now I have to say we have to talk about Dewey's death. Are you are, are you how did you feel about that? How did you feel? What what was going on with you with this? Well, so uh, there is a so actually before Dewey's death. Judy dies. Yeah. And before, okay. also before Dewey's death, Gail and Dewey have their last moments together, uh, uh, and yeah. where they rehash their relationship. So, believe it or not, like I, I, I always liked Judy. I wasn't always, I wasn't like a super fan, but I always liked her. I thought she was funny in Scream Four. Um, and so I, whenever she died, I got really sad actually. So I was in, I didn't cry when she died, but I got really down mm -hmm. uh, just because you know I've known this woman for eleven years. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was she was a really she was a really good character, and I um, I'm glad that she survived Scream Four to be able to do what she does here because her scene is amazing here. Um, I I was I was sad when Judy died, so then whenever I was already in the mindset to be really sad, then the Gail and Dewey scene happened, and I just I cried through that. Like it, it's such an emotional yeah. scene. Um, so I and I didn't stop crying really until well after Sydney shows up. Like the uh, you know the way that Dewey dies after having that closure scene with Gail. Uh, is devastating. <sighs> devastating. Uh, the the saddest part about Dewey's death is the fact that Gail's calling him as he's as he's being killed. Um, that I I cried. I was I was sobbing. I've seen I've cried all three times. Wow, wow, yeah. that is that's insane. I know that was that was like very quite literally gut wrenching. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was tough to see. I mean, I kind of figured that this that was gonna have that one of them was gonna have to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm uh, selfishly, I'm glad it was Dewey, but because um, I do think that his story has been come full circle. Um, well, and also, can I just add into that? Not only has has his has his story come full circle, but just look at look at the way that the story the, the the story organically moved forward um, by taking him out of the picture. By one hundred percent, like it brought Sydney and Gail close closer together, and it allowed them to become naturally a part of the storyline involving Sam and Tara. Absolutely. Um, That's so, such a good point that you didn't, that I, that I really hadn't thought about. And the thing about that is too, like, I think Sydney comes to town, not, you know, I think a, a, a better way to look at this is like, you know, think about it. Like, you know, the, the current sheriff, sheriff was killed. The ex sheriff yeah. was killed. There is no real authority really to put an end to this, you know? And I feel like that's, What's kind That's of a good point about Gail and Gail and Sydney. They kind of rise up and they say, they literally say to Sam, I want you to help us kill him. Like they, yeah. and she's, you know, she says, I won't rest till he's in the ground. Like that is not how we know Sydney to, to speak. She is very much usually on the side of letting the police do their thing. Mm -hmm. But here she and Gail are kind of really taking ownership of this and saying, we are going to stop him because we have to, we have, we have to be the authority here. Yeah. 
Oh, that's such a good point. Gosh, see, this is why, I mean, it's just like this analysis you need. I mean, it's nice to talk about these things with people. It's, it's cause it, it does, you really, you really get, I feel like I get wrapped up, so wrapped up to into it. So I want to go back to your, um, I want to go back to your podcast for a second. So the first, the new film was the first in the series to be written and directed by other people. And yeah. you actually had the new directors on, um, a recent episode of your podcast. I want to know, how did you, how did that come about? How did you get, how did you get that opportunity? Uh, um, just me being annoying. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no. Um, hey, that's I, what you got to do. Listen. Well, so the directors, uh, they that's how I got you on this podcast, by the way, just being annoying. So, <laughs> well, the directors have been very nice to the fans, especially like the, especially the fans who are content creators. Um, they went like in September, I think they went through and followed a bunch of like the YouTube people. Oh, nice. Um, but before that, they followed like you know, Hello Sydney, Scream Obsessed, and I actually, I actually did get a follow from them in um, in July, and that was right as I was starting my podcast. So like, my podcast was maybe like a month in. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I, <laughs> I still can't believe it. Um, but we started messaging, and uh, you know, I uh, and it was just you know, uh, I think it was just a mutual respect, um, really. So. They were they, so gracious. I mean, I listened to your episode. It was phenomenally done, by the way. It was it was you. everyone, everyone, if you guys are fans of Scream, you should really go listen to that one in particular. Cause I know it is before the movie came out, so you couldn't really talk about spoilers and stuff. But what would with that in mind, um, what what is a question that you know they they said they'd come back to you? So I hope you follow did. up with that. But what what would be a question that you would ask them or what would you want to know um from them like if uh, now after seeing the movie? Well, um, so there, first of all, when that happened, like I was planning on putting them on the spot anyways and asking them like <laughs> on air, would you please come back? Uh, but they beat me to the punch. Right. They asked Amazing. if they come back. Like I, it was such an out of body experience. I can't believe that they asked me to come back on my show, but oh, that's um, so cool. But anyways, um, I want to talk about, uh, there's a couple, I know this sounds really dorky, but there are a couple of camera angles and fun, fun things they did technically that I want to uh -huh. ask them about. Um, but I also, I want to ask them at the end uh you know is you know whenever sam goes up to them and says you know gail and dewey is i'm sorry uh S sydney and gail thank you so much for everything is that them is that them saying goodbye are we saying goodbye to sydney and gail forever or yeah. you know that's that's my biggest thing and they're not going to answer that for me but i want to see the way they dance around the question that's a good that's really good i like that you alluded to it sam i was not expecting this like sam is controversial i mean i I didn't expect everyone to love the Billy Loomis plotline. Yeah, I wasn't. But people are kind of split. Like they're a love or hate on Melissa's mm -hmm. performance on Sam as a character. Um, what's your perspective on Sam and if she carries on into six and seven? I think uh, I I didn't. I really like Melissa as an actress. Um, mm -hmm. I think Sam is a little bit. I think clearly there are things that um, with her character that could be like fleshed out more. Um, I'm trying to give a diplomatic answer here because I definitely, I really don't have, I'm sort of, again, a little bit indifferent toward her because I do, I do like her as an actress and I think she's very, you know, I, she's great on camera. Um, you, I was rooting for her. Um, she obviously has a very conflicted sort of backstory. The funny thing that kind of took me out of it is like when she was telling her sister Tara about what she was like, her, her secret with Billy Loomis, um, 
it would have just been funny if like, I feel like they should have done instead of like, I was reading a diary. I don't know why that my brain went to like, why didn't she do like a 23 and me? And then like, that's how she found out her dad was her dad or something like that. Like, I don't know. I actually would say that I think Tara, Jenna Ortega is a stronger, is probably a stronger actress and a little bit more of like where the Sydney um, lands. Melissa seems a little bit more hardened and like a been around the block kind of thing. She almost seems more like a Gale type yeah. um, to me. And then if with Jenna being the, cause it's her friend group, it's her, it's these people, you know, I think we've overlooked that because Sam is such a focal point in this movie that they could almost like flip flop. And I think that's possible. I think it's actually, I think it's more possible than we even imagine. I think they're, Honestly, by the time that you factor in the fact that Tara's screen time with the opening, I think they kind of balance out as co-leads mm-hmm. here. So I think we'll see something similar in the next in the next film, especially since we have Mindy and Chad as um, yes. Oh, am I allowed? No, to say no, that? yeah, you can say that. <laughs> Mindy and Chad survive with um along with along with Tara and Sam and Gail and um, Sydney. So um, I think the fact that it that is her friend group, um, Tara could be a, a new focal point, but. Also, one thing I do want to talk about with Radio Silence is um, one thing that maybe they got annoyed with me, but um, maybe everybody gets annoyed with me because I, no, I, I, about, <laughs> I talk about Maureen Prescott all the time as though she's a real person. Um, I just, <laughs> Who is Sydney's mother, everyone. That's Nev Campbell's mom in the movie. Just so we're giving context. And it's a it's a backstory. So we only we don't really actually ever get real scenes with her. We get yeah. a, a nightmare sequence, but everything is a backstory. And I'm obsessed with it. Like I think honestly that Maureen's storyline is why I love Scream so much. Um, yes. And I I was I told them I I asked them of course about um, the Maureen Prescott backstory and um and I kind of said well is there something in this movie that's similar and I think that there absolutely is this storyline with their mother being an alcoholic and their mm-hmm. family dynamic is so interesting so I think no matter what I think Sam and Tara are both going to be of equal importance going forward like I'm dying yes. to meet their mom and I want to ask yeah. you know if is that part who of would you cast part? as the mom. <sighs> I don't know. That's such a hard question. Somebody said somebody said Eva Longoria, and I was like, "That's really actually good. That'd be a good." I mean, she's a little too funny, maybe, but she. I think she may be a bit too funny. Like I, I and maybe this is a, a politically incorrect answer, but like I love Penelope Cruz, and she would oh. be of the age, I guess. Would but I may I, I would love. I, I she's just one of my favorite actresses. So. I don't know why this, that's yeah, I, I will say that just in this movie and then I have two more questions, but I, I, in this movie, I will say that what, like what you're saying there, this definitely felt like a setup, obviously of a trilogy. It felt yeah. like this was the beginning chapter. We're meeting these characters. We got a ton of backstory with them. I think that it's ripe with, especially their family dynamic. I mean, what happened to the dad, what happened to, you know, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways you could go with this family dynamic. And I think it, it could be interesting for the future, but um, I, and now while we're kind of on the subject, given the great reviews in the box office numbers of this movie, what do you hope and expect for a scream six film? Like, where do you think it's going to be? I mean, we kind of already talked about the characters, but where do you think it'll be set? Where is, where do you think the story will go from there? Yeah. I think Radio Silence has said that they're probably going back to Woodsboro. Um, at least they said oh. that a few months ago, like where maybe they were just saying that in general, like, oh, there's more Woodsboro stories to tell. I personally like Scream 2 and 3 where it's not in Woodsboro. So I do if, too. if I could advise them or I would, I would push them to push it somewhere, like maybe do like a Scream Christmas movie, like in the Northeast, like some, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like maybe like, you know, a black Christmas. <laughs> That's a great movie. idea. You know, I mean, the three of them, the the Meeks and Tara can all be in college somewhere, like in 
um, you know, I live in Pennsylvania, so up here somewhere, you know, uh, yeah. and Sam could just be, you know, with Tara just because she doesn't want, you know, their bond or whatever. Um, and maybe in Scream 7, that's when they'll deal with the family, kind of like they do with Scream 3. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what I would do. Um, and I would, I would, I would want Sydney and Gail to at least have a cameo, even if it's just like an interview, like, or a shot of Gail's TV show, just so that if they do come back for 7, um, they're, we, we can say they've been in all seven movies you know? yes yeah that's what I, I agree or even just like a, hey what's up <laughs> like even a call or so i mean i don't know somebody somebody would be um i i agree with you i think that would be that would be great um well, and can i say on. one, one yeah no, no no please somebody one of my fans um tweeted me today and said that uh there could be a a stab podcast in in the in the new scream in scream six so stab with ryan c showers I oh my god die. yes we are manifesting that that would be amazing i mean they had the youtube they had the they had a the youtube cameo in the new yeah. one why not why the hell not when you get the radio silence back on your podcast you can either pitch that in on the zoom on the zoom or whatever or not anyway okay so my last question i think i know the answer to this but who would be your dream podcast guest I feel like I got them. I, I got I, I got Marianne Madalena. She would have. I would think she would have been my answer just because. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, she's the closest thing to Wes Craven. You know, she was Wes's um, filmmaking partner. She produced the first, the original trilogy, and uh, she and I again. She she we follow each other on Instagram, and she just started sharing my stuff. You know, over the summer, and we just started chatting here and there. And um, she came on, and I had the most amazing time with her. Um, and then I got you know Radio Silence a few weeks after, and. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. So, uh, I, I would, those two are at the top of my list. Um, I, I guess Nevin Courtney, I mean, why, of course we, 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 we would yeah. have to say that, but I was going to say, like, I feel like that has to be the answer, but no, I, 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 I understand. I think I, that's so cool that you've, that you've, you know, really picked this. I think your podcast is so great because I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a fan of, of the, of the movies, but it's interesting how like you've kind of created this niche for yourself and in the way that the people are kind of coming out of the woodwork, you know, wanting to talk about this. And it's just, it's really cool because as opposed to another thing, just really quickly, what I loved about your podcast is see, I listened, I listened to your episode with the radio science guys after I saw the movie. And I did that oh. strategically, not thinking anything else, but I kind of thought I would come uh, like, I knew they probably weren't going to talk about spoilers. So I was, trying to figure out like, you know, when they mentioned what you, what did you say? How they're like, Oh, is there a Maureen Prescott type parallel story going on? And obviously that I think could be the Billy, you know, Billy and Sam sort of storyline. Um, and so I was kind of putting pieces together, but I really thought it was, it, it, what's so interesting now is that you can watch this movie and then you have this like, get right on your phone and, you know, hear people talk about it, you know, as before you felt like, okay, you know, somebody saw the movie, the person that I went to, hated it. So I guess that's the only opinion that anyone else has, um, except for my own. And now there's like a whole community of people being talking about this and stuff. So I really think that what you're doing is it's, it's was awesome for me. It enhanced my experience. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and honestly, I loved having them on before the movie because, and where I couldn't really ask any questions about Scream because Radio Silence and how they've presented themselves to the world has been we are scream fans just like you guys you know we're we're not trying to take wes's place um and being on my show like that my my show is the place where scream fans can really show how much they really know so they kind of, kind of earned their credibility in a way by as fans to come on Definitely. and talk so i it was it was interesting to be able to just to talk about the first four without the idea of five in there 
So uh, I'm glad that they came on and 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 humored me. Um, but um, no, I thank I thank you a lot, you know, because uh, my podcast is it's 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 its very own thing. Like I really was, I tried to blend the film critic and the fan and really talk about these things um, in a very deep and in an analytical way. Uh, so and that's my hope. I'm going you know I'm going to continue. This wasn't a countdown to Scream Five, so. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think you should. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more movies, number one. But I mean, you can dissect. You can have anybody like there's probably there's been so many opinions and so many things that this movie has brought that you're, you know, you can just keep continuing on and on. So I think that's awesome. Well, anyway, well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. That is our show. Um, you can and should follow him at Scream with RCS on Instagram and Twitter. And please listen and subscribe to Scream with Ryan C. Showers for more analysis and breakdown of your favorite slasher series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ryan, is there anything else you'd like to plug? No, you 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 took care of it. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, well. Seriously, thank you so much, and um, you know, happy screaming. I guess. <laughs> okay, so if you guys are not already doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Nobody's Pod at Andy underscore Wilk and at Bryce Advice. It's the exact same on TikTok. Twitter is at Nobody's The Pod. Same for our personals, and you can always email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.